We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. It's the most important offseason the franchise has had in nearly a decade, one that will dictate how the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft goes on Thursday, April 25th, 2024. What the Bears do in March will have an impact on April, and what Ryan Poles does in April will have an impact for the foreseeable future with the first overall pick for the second consecutive year. Poles, who's become beloved to so many Bears fans, will have a big decision on his hands. But... Inside Hallis Hall, they're preparing for everything. Literally everything. Every scenario, they're going through multiple mock drafts, running multiple different simulations. And this includes everything from what the Bears could do, want to do, and should do to what 31 other franchises do. Because the NFL drafts all a game, and as history has shown, you can never really be too prepared for what's about to happen. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Picks for Polls podcast, brought to you by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Usaid Koshal, and for today, we're kicking off a new offseason series. Beyond just talking about the Bears, we're going to cast even wider net this offseason. We're going to bring in beat reporters, beat writers who cover other NFL teams, mainly those that could potentially trade up for a quarterback or picking inside the top 15, have big needs at positions such as quarterback, pass rusher, wide receiver, offensive tackle. It's no secret that what the Bears do is going to impact 32 other teams and what other franchises do will ultimately impact what the Bears do inside the top 10 and maybe even the top 15. It's a league of parity. Quarterbacks are high in demand, short in supply. With the Bears having two first-round picks, there's endless possibilities. We know quarterback's the obvious need, but how about wide receiver, offensive tackle, edge rusher? What are the Bears going to do with ninth overall? What's going to happen with quarterback Justin Fields? Seriously, if we look at it, the debate this offseason centers around the quarterback, but 
anything and everything we know could happen this offseason that is going to send the first round into an absolute limbo. For this episode, I got a chance to speak to Bobby Skinner, who covers the New York Giants for John Boy Media. The Giants and Bears have become quite familiar with each other over the last couple of years. Back in 2020, when the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, former GM Ryan Pace tried to move up from 40th to 33rd overall, and guess who was picking at 33? The Giants were. The following year... The Bears traded up nine spots from 20th to 11th overall to select Justin Fields. And guess who was picking at 11th overall? The New York Giants were. Part of that trade package included a 2022 first-round pick that, in return, the Giants would ultimately turn into pass rusher Kayvon Thibodeau and offensive tackle Evan Neal. But with the Giants' future at quarterback in question, despite Despite signing Daniel Jones to a big extension last offseason, what exactly could happen? Everyone across the league thinks the Bears are a lock at first overall for Caleb Williams. But what could the Giants do? Could they decide to potentially trade up? for a quarterback to one, two, or three, then how does that impact what the Bears are going to go ahead and do? What if Ryan Poles wants to trade down from first overall? What if Ryan Poles decides, hey, I don't like what I see at ninth overall? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to trade down. What if Poles wants to trade up from nine to six to land another game changer? Nothing is off the table for either of these franchises heading into a year where they quite frankly have a lot of needs. How about wide receiver? Could a name like Malik neighbors and Roma Dunze, two names that have been linked to the bears be options for New York. What is that going to force the bears to do? If the big blue decide to go with Udunze or neighbors, Bobby and I, we get into it. We break it all down. I'm not going to waste any more of your time rambling on any of this stuff. Enjoy the interview. Enjoy the episode. Remember to bear down and make sure you've got notifications turned on for us so you don't miss an episode. Be sure to check out the Bear Report website and make sure that you are keeping up to date with all things Chicago Bears going on this offseason. Joining us now here on the Picks for Polls podcast, we've got John Boy Media's very own Bobby Skinner in the house. One of the more underrated, but also better New York Giants follows out there and content creators on Twitter. You can check him out on Twitter at Bobby Skinner underscore. Bobby, how's it going? Thanks so much for hopping on here today. Good, man. Excited to come on here and talk about the Giants offseason, um, you know, and how it crosses over to the Bears. Uh, glad to be on. Yeah, I mean, and let's just get right into it because New York's got the sixth overall pick. They're going into the year three of the Brian Dable, Joe Shane era. It's interesting because Daniel Jones had a kind of revival of a season about two years ago at this point. And then last year, everything kind of crashes and burns. He goes down with the ACL injury. But even before that, nothing was really going right for New York. And so now there's a lot of questions as to what this team is going to go ahead and do. But, you know, first things first, we have to know what were your initial thoughts on their 2023 season? Um, and how do you feel like everything went? What's next for this team? Yeah, I, if you watch the Sunday night football game versus the Cowboys to start the season, that first drive was basically an indicator of how the season went. You know, they they drive down, then they have a missed snap 
gets them, you know, they're going ready to kick a field goal. The field goal gets blocked. Andrew Thomas, the, you know, the star left tackle gets injured on that field goal. And then the rest of that game was just horrible. And that's what it was for about the first half of the season. It went about as bad as possibly as it as it possibly could go right the offensive line was the worst i've ever seen it daniel jones had didn't step up to the plate when there was stuff there to be taken and then defensively they just didn't have the talent to really thrive uh, on top of that they obviously had some good moments in the second half of the season but it really started with daniel jones not taking the stuff that was there the things they asked him to get better at and the offensive line just being in total disarray. It was it was a huge mess to start the year. Okay, so you mentioned, you know, Daniel Jones being in complete kind of old Daniel Jones mode because I think after the first year with Brian Dable, there was a lot of people who were saying, hey, maybe, just maybe, this is a partnership and a marriage that could actually work. But what do you think went wrong for Daniel Jones specifically? Because he's kind of the wild card in this offseason, I feel like, from an outsider's perspective. Because there's you don't sign a guy to, you know, a big extension like they did with Jones last offseason, only to kind of throw in the towel just a year into the deal. Yeah, so obviously Andrew Thomas, the left tackle being out was huge, right? He's an all he's literally an all pro left tackle. And you look at Daniel Jones' success in his career, it's kind of been tied to Thomas when you look at him in the in the lineup and him out of the lineup. And that was bad, right? It just messed with Daniel Jones' clock. But they also, you know, they they worked, they spent the last offseason trying to become a more explosive offense, right? And Daniel Jones thrived the year before with the lack of, you know any explosive threats outside of Darius Slayton, and they ran an offense that was extremely efficient. Daniel Jones didn't turn the ball over at all. They were getting the ball out on time. They were able to take advantage of some uh, defenses using play action. This past year, they added Darren Waller, added Jalen Hyatt, um, you know, Wandale Robinson coming from the injury, and then keeping Darius Slayton, and it was an offense that wasn't set to be atop of the NFL, but it was going to become more explosive. And when Daniel Jones was more was put on his plate as far as pushing the ball down the field, uh, you know, processing the deep part of the field better. He just didn't answer that. And then they didn't have the offensive line to really succeed in any other ways uh, uh, either. And then you pile on top of it. He had a neck injury, his second neck injury of his career, comes back from that and tears his ACL in less than a half. I mean, it was about as, you know, you could have maybe forecasted it, forecasting it not being good, but it was the worst case scenario on every front for Daniel Jones. And so on that note, you kind of mentioned how they wanted to get more explosive in the vertical passing game. I mean, what about on the ground? Because I know the update came out that Saquon Barkley, they're unlikely to franchise tag him. They were kind of playing this cat and mouse game with him. And I think if you really look at a lot of these rosters over the years that the Giants have put together, I mean, Saquon Barkley, in a sense, has shouldered. And we've seen what he can do when he's healthy, but he's also been injured. But what's going on with the Saquon Barkley situation? Because at this point, it seems like he's going to hit free agency. Joe Shane and Dable, they know what he brings to the table, but they haven't necessarily fully committed to him. They were playing this cat and mouse game all of last offseason before he pretty much relented and then showed up to camp. Yeah, I think it's time for both these sides to move on from each other, right? I, I, and I really think it's better for both parties. For Saquon Barkley, he's been playing behind a bad offensive line. You know, I, I thought Saquon Barkley played well this year, 
But you look at the Giants rushing offense, and it was bad. It was a bad rushing offense. But in the past, Saquon Barkley has been able to account for that and create explosive plays. He didn't do that this year, right? He's not the same player he was earlier in his career with the Giants where he made, you know, not something out of nothing, but made home runs out of nothing. Doesn't happen anymore. Dad, no carries over 40 yards this season where that's, you know, you remember the early Saquon that was there. So Saquon needs to go play behind a better offensive line. You know, and he will, he's still a good running back. He's just not the great running back that he once was. And from the Giants' side point of view, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They can't continue investing into the running back position while having a bad running game. And, you know, their offensive line is not going to be fixed overnight. You know, they can add improvements. But a a big part of that would be using, you know, free agent money uh, on the offensive line position. And that money that's used on Saquon Barkley would be better suited to go get a Michael and Wander from the Patriots or or someone of that nature. And we're we're heading into year seven. He's missed games almost every single year. It just seems like for both parties, it's best for them to move off of each other. But it seems they also can't quit each other too. Yeah, it is this really intriguing relationship that I feel like you just kind of have to follow because knowing the way that this running back position is treated in the NFL, I mean, teams are certainly going to look at this free agent running back class and they're going to look at it and say, hey, you've got Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard's in there. And they nobody wants another 2019 Le'Veon Bell situation where you commit big money to a guy and then he just kind of falters. Now, the one exception with that situation was Le'Veon was out for a year, but getting into a lot more this offseason because that Saquon Barkley decision, I mean, it's not going to be the – they've kind of already made the decision, but it doesn't seem to be official yet. It's not going to be the only big decision that New York has to make is – quarterback a realistic option at sixth overall knowing that daniel jones has really showed inconsistency on the field but then also he's coming off an acl injury he's also been injured multiple times now over the last five seasons it should be now here's the issue with the giants is that there's a good chance quarterbacks are going with the top three picks um you know, and then do, do you want to take the fourth quarterback at the sixth overall pick? Like, I would not be a fan of that. Um, 
they should, and I think they believe and want to go get it, their new franchise quarterback and cut their losses on Daniel Jones, despite the fact that they they invested in him, right? And this was not part of the plan at all was to do this in year two. It was possibly in year three or year four of this contract when you know they thought about you know the the idea of taking a quarterback. But it should it should absolutely be in play, and I think if the, if there is any team in the top three willing to trade down, I think the Giants should explore that. I think going to first is a leap because I don't think the Bears one want to trade out of one, and if they do, it's going to be an insane haul that would get them to get them out of there. But you know, there's rumblings that maybe the Patriots don't take one at three. Uh, but I abs- the Giants they need to find their franchise quarterback. They have a lot of other shit they got to figure out too. But that's the to me should be their number one priority. I mean, it's interesting you say that because a bit of family history here. But my dad and his two brothers, they actually grew up in the New York, New Jersey area. I was born in that area too. So the Giants have always kind of had this soft spot in my heart, even though I'm sitting here covering the Bears and grew up a Bears fan. But I mean, you mentioned, you know, would you really want to take one of, let's just say, those four quarterbacks that are projected to go in the top 10 and it's looking more likely Caleb Williams. I mean, not necessarily a realistic option for them because Joe Shane to me does not seem like the guy who's going to sacrifice the farm for a franchise quarterback or moving up. I should say for Caleb Williams. And then you get into maybe a Drake may slips or maybe McCarthy's there. or Jane Daniels. Do you have a preference when it comes to any of the other three in terms of who you would like to see in this Brian Dable offense? So not counting Caleb Williams. Yeah. Not counting Caleb Williams. So I haven't done a full dive into these cats yet, but I have watched them right i've watched some broadcasts i've watched some of their wide receivers some of their offensive linemen and paid attention to them drake may would be my preference uh i watch him i see the arm talent i see him be able to avoid uh pressure make big plays he is to me i would i would i think he's closer like i think he's in competition with caleb mays uh, you know caleb williams to be the number one qb in this draft. So Drake may is the one that I look at. I I've only watched JJ Mark McCarthy casually. Um, so I don't want to say one way or the other. And then Jaden Daniels, I think has a lot of talent um, is able to would be a good fit with Brian Dable in that offense. That's begging for them to push the ball down the field. But I, I would take Caleb. Uh, sorry. I would take Drake may out of the three. Yeah. I mean, it's this kind of, I personally would love to see Jaden Daniels in that role but i also kind of look at this and say realistically you know you got harbaugh from michigan who's now with the chargers hyping up jj mccarthy and you kind of always know that that's just a college head coach or former college head coach hyping up you know what was his multi-year starter Jaden daniels i love his talent athleticism and skill set but i think he's kind of a wild card now i will say i mean in the event that let's just say saquon barkley's back i would love to see a one-two punch where it's Jaden plus saquon in the backfield just because i think leaps and bounds Jaden daniels is more athletic than what daniel jones brings to the table but let's just say they don't take a quarterback at sixth overall. I mean, what are some positions to go ahead and know? Because I could certainly see wide receiver or even offensive tackle being a legit option for this team. Now, I don't think they're going to take a left tackle because Andrew Thomas is pretty darn good, but maybe right tackle with Joe Alt, the Notre Dame kid, is something that they look at and they explore. 
Yeah, I, I think the Giants end up landing on wide receiver because you're going to have that best player available meet need for them. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is obviously going to be the number one wide receiver off the board, three QBs. Well, that, that leaves one pick in between the Giants. I think they're going to end up on wide receiver if Malik Neighbors is there. Um, offensive tackle is in play for the Giants. I've talked with people in the Giants, and, they, and they've said that. Um, you know, you'd be giving up on Evan Neal, but I don't think Evan Neal's shown you anything to say that you can't give up on him either. Uh, so I think it's wide receiver. You know, if there was three positions I wanted the Giants to get outside of quarterback, it'd be wide receiver, tackle, or edge. I don't think the edge is – as there's an edge worthy of be taken there. Tackle – you know, you've already got Andrew Thomas. Maybe you give Neil another year. I, I think wide receiver ends up being the pick for the Giants at six. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where you look at and you say, okay, if you are going to run it back with Daniel Jones, wide receiver would definitely make the most sense. And that's because if you look at his career in New York traditionally, I mean, he's never really had a top tier wide receiver room compared to a lot of these other quarterbacks that have kind of been taken in the first round i mean so it's I, be- I would be doing that independent of daniel jones too i'm a big believer in best player available for the most part and i i just see wide receiver being that for the giants and and again it's married to need as well so you know that would be even if they could cut daniel jones and sign you know whatever jacoby Brissett or somebody i think wide receiver would be that just because I think it's going to be best player available for them. Yeah, you're right. I think irrespective of Daniel Jones, I mean, you still have to add to that wide receiver room because realistically you've got Darius Slayton who, again, has really become this kind of underrated fan favorite. He's been there since the Dave Gettleman days. And then on top of that, you have Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee who, yes, you invested a high pick in last year. But if you look at where they're at, I would even – Go ahead and say this. It's a total toss-up for who ends up being the second wide receiver taken off the board because I could certainly see Roma Dunze from Washington being a guy that this team absolutely falls in love with because of his big frame, the massive catch radius that he has, the silky smooth feet that he has when it comes to his route running. Yeah, yeah. So I, and I haven't watched a Dunze fully yet. So, But when I watch Neighbors, I see someone that I, I could – I could see them wanting to put in this type of Brian Dable offense. Um, and again, now tackle could be it too. Like there's good tackles, right? Like I like Olu Fashanu out of Penn State. You know, Tyrese uh, Fuaga out of Oregon State. You know, you you know, we talked about edge. You know, Laitu Latu's looked at maybe maybe the top edge. Fuaga dominated him in that matchup. And he's got the type of body that can play guard if that's what you – if Evan Neal were to develop. Um, so I think there's – I think those two positions are the ones that the Giants would be picking from if they if they stay at six and don't get a quarterback, obviously. Yeah, it's going to be. They're kind of, I feel like, you know, one of the wild card teams. But looking at this thing from a division rivals point of view, because you obviously have, you got the Bears there at one, you've got the Commanders there at two. I mean, is there any sense amongst Giants fans and kind of beat writers and I guess content creators that they absolutely don't want to see the commanders make a move up to first overall for a quarterback? No, I would kind of like the commanders to do that because I I think Caleb Williams and Drake May are both going to be great quarterbacks in the NFL. So I would actually like the commanders to Hey, I wouldn't want them to get a great quarterback, but if if they have the choice of two 
and one comes with giving away some of their other picks, then I would like that because they have a bad offensive line situation. You know, they're they're lacking a lot of talent on defense. That that quarterback is not going to be in the situations for success outside of them having a good wide receiver core. Yeah, I mean, they're total wild card because everyone links them to Caleb Williams just because they did hire Cliff Kingsbury, who was his like quarterbacks coach at USC and served in another completely different capacity. But also, I mean, it'd be kind of foolish for them, especially after hiring Adam Peters from away from the 49ers organization. Now, again, Peters was part of that front office that gave up like three first round picks for Trey Lance a couple of years ago. So it's definitely something that I don't say is out of the realm of possibility, but it wouldn't necessarily be the smartest move. All right. So got a couple more for you here, but looking at this thing from a bears and giants perspective, I mean, how do you think, cause the bears are at nine, the giants are at six, but how does a, the giants draft plans, how does that impact what the bears could ultimately have to do at ninth overall? Because Chicago's a team. They've been actively linked to wide receivers. They've been actively linked to the edge rushers as well. They've also, in a sense, been linked to Olu Fashanu, Joe Alt, the Notre Dame and Penn State guys, but they haven't been linked to Fuega by any means. So let me ask you about the Bears and their offensive tackle situation. They drafted Darnell right in the top 10 last year. I don't see them working to replace him. How is Braxton Jones? Because he's someone that I hear good things, but I've never actually really sat and watched him. Yeah, he is, honestly, for a guy that was drafted in the fifth round in 2022, I mean, he's been phenomenal. And I get everyone likes to go ahead and cite the PFF statistics and all that. I'll be honest with you. I mean, me being a football coach as well, I'm going to look at this thing and I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, the advanced analytics and all that are great, but sometimes you just have to go old school and look at the film. He's been really solid. He's what I say this, if I had to give him like a real grade, been above average in terms of his talent, his athleticism. He's got a pretty strong anchor, really solid in the passing game as a pass blocker, but I think even better in the run game, which if you look at this Shanahan style offense that the bears are going to run, with Shane Waldron and Luke Getze over the last couple of years. I mean, it kind of fits Braxton Jones to a T, but I was also on someone else's podcast yesterday and I kind of said, Hey, if there's an opportunity to go ahead and upgrade that left tackle position, then you ultimately do so because very few teams can claim, Hey, they've got two top 10 tackles on their offensive line that are both on rookie contracts with the potential to have a first year quarterback on a rookie contract for the foreseeable future as well. Like that's three of your most important positions right there. And you've got core guys on rookie deals. Yes. But I I can see the bears wanting to get a wide receiver, right? You have a bona fide wide receiver one in DJ Moore. He's one of my favorite. Like to me that the, the bears getting DJ Moore in that trade last year is what made it, such a great trade. I, I, I was shocked that the Panthers were willing to part ways with him. Uh, and you saw what he did this year, right? You know, had, I think he had over 1,300 yards. Like, he was a wide receiver one. I think some people had doubt, you know, that he was in Carolina. But he, he always was that in Carolina. Uh, but I, I, pairing a wide receiver with that quarterback, I feel like, you know, or with, with DJ Moore and for the new quarterback, I feel like would be the best fit for them, especially if they, again – with a young quarterback, the way you can bring them along is work them to be aggressive, right? Hey, you're going to have interceptions. 
You're going to take some sacks. You may not see everything right away, but can we create ex- explosives? And a wide receiver to pair with DJ Moore would just help instill that confidence for that quarterback to to grow the way he needs to be. Yeah, I mean, see, I'm split with what the Bears should do at nine because I have looked at this and said, hey, you know, maybe there is a team that would love extra draft capital, New York, for example, where you go ahead and you make that jump up to from nine to six and then kind of works out for both sides. But then I also look at it and say, I could definitely see Chicago sitting there at nine. But I think what makes the Giants such a fascinating study for this offseason one of the more fascinating teams is simply that again this is a team they've got a handful of unknowns on paper they seem like they've got a pretty good core but the wild card's obviously daniel jones there but last one for you here i mean realistically let's say new york does decide to well actually got two more for you but um let's just say new york decides hey we're gonna go ahead we're gonna trade up for a quarterback i mean what do you think a realistic amount of assets is in a trade package that dable and chain are willing to give up well we saw the jets and colts trade in 2018 they went from six to three they gave up the six pick obviously and then three second rounders the giants have two good second round picks with their own and then one they got from seattle and they'd obviously have to give a future so that would be the one that you like the most right i would sign up for that any day of the week but if they're having the trade of two or one they're gonna have to give up a first and next year's draft as well, paired with a couple second round picks, and then I, I just don't see a pick up to one, a trade up to one being in the cards. Yeah, I mean that you know it seems like these teams kind of if you're not picking like first or second overall, then you're most likely not going to get a future first round pick. Now you may get a future first round pick, but that may be coupled with you know a handful of seconds, and you may not get you know multiple first round picks. All right, um, last one from me here, but you're going to year three of the Brian Dable Joe Shane era. What trends have you seen from those two over the last two years, especially in the NFL draft, that you think someone outside this fan base needs to know and follow and understand to really get an idea of what they could do in the first and second round on Thursday and Friday night? Well, one, they like to get guys that are younger, right? So, like, you know, the 20 or 21 year old guys in the draft. But if you're really trying to figure out like what individual players and not necessarily trade stuff, look at their top 30 visits that they do, right? And, you know, like top 30 visits are like, are they a smoke screen? Are they trying to rule guys out? They have went to the well with that. Even on day three with some of the smaller school guys, like a guy out of Old Dominion was one of their top 30 visits. He ended up being picked in the sixth round by the Giants. So I would pay attention to their top 30 visits. And they like to take guys that are younger. So like a guy like, you know, like Law to, if they were the trade back, probably wouldn't be on their board. Um, but th- those are the trends that I've seen the most from the Giants. Is like they like to draft the guys who are twenty and twenty-one years old, and then also they they like to stick to their top thirty visits because they they feel like they feel like they need to draft the person just as much as the player, and you know getting to know these people personally and knowing what makes them tick. Yeah, I mean, it's they're one of those teams I feel like you mentioned. You know, there's teams that covet athleticism. There's teams that covet experience more than anything in a lot of these prospects. There's teams that will draft more upper versus underclassmen. The Giants, I feel like, are kind of right there in the middle in the sense that they're if news breaks that, okay, they're bringing a guy for a top 30 visit and it's usually a younger guy, you can probably bet 
they, they're high on their board, but any draft crushes that you have specifically that you've been kind of looking at this offseason, irrespective of what the Giants may or may not do? Okay, so let me pull up. So now I, I take my time, so I, I only have about 18 full evaluations. Obviously, I was down at the Senior Bowl, so I got some thoughts on a lot of those guys. Um, you know, maybe this is someone for the Bears. LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. Everyone talks about Malik Neighbors for good reason. That guy's six foot four, and you think, okay, I'm about to pop on the tape for the six foot four wide receiver. Am I going to see a guy who catches a lot of contested catches and maybe took advantage of some bad DB play? He can move. He has a six foot four who separates vertically, but if the ball's behind, he's going to go up and above the rim and grab the ball, and he can be used as a yak threat. And the things that he needs to improve on are things that you that are like right there, right, with his intermediate routes or his quick routes. The things like, man, just take this extra step, and this is a much better route with your size and speed. So Brian Thomas Jr., uh, the wide receiver out of LSU, is one. Um, you know, guys in you know the middle round, Peyton Wilson, the linebacker to NC State, love his game. I, you know, I know he's got medical red flags, but I think if he's on the field, he's going to be playing really well for whoever gets him. And then also this could be in play for the Bears or the Giants in the early second round is Graham Barton, the offensive lineman out of Duke, who's probably going to move on the inside. I think that guy's going to figure it out and be a stud for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Thanks so much for hopping on here. But um, where can kind of people follow your work and find you on Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Skinner underscore. If you are coming for, you know, not just a Giants um you know, and analysis, which I'm sure most Bears fans aren't really interested in listening to a Giants podcast. Check out JM Football. Uh, all our draft breakdowns are on there. I do a show twice a week with Chris Rose of the NFL Network. Um, you know, break. You know, just talking about the NFL storyline. So JM Football on YouTube is is the go to place for NFL content for us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Go ahead and make sure that you check them out. Um, thanks so much for hopping on. You know, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime because these two teams seemingly have been linked forever, dating back to the early days of the NFL. But yeah, thanks so much for being on here. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, that was an awesome interview. Really good stuff there with Bobby, kind of telling us who he thinks the Giants are going to go ahead and draft, as well as what some of their potential draft plans might be be before we get out of here make sure that you're doing a couple things you can follow me on twitter instagram facebook tiktok and youtube at usaid kosho you can check out my work on the bear report website also make sure that you go and check out bobby's football page which is jm football they do a lot of good stuff there over at john boy media definitely had an opportunity to talk to them over the last couple of years with the different teams that I've had to cover in my stops with other networks as well. Before we get out of this place, though, remember this as well. All right. Check out the Picks for Polls podcast on Twitter. Make sure you check out the main Bear Report account on Twitter as well. It's at Bear Report. Leave us a five-star rating review. And make sure you subscribe so that you got all our notifications on we're gonna have a lot of content coming up here from the nfl scouting combine in indianapolis before we officially get out of here though good morning good afternoon and good evening wherever you may be it's been a pleasure spending some time this week with you talking about your beloved chicago bears remember to bear down and stay safe we'll see you guys next time